Hello, everybody. Um, we're going to start today a little bit different. I know you're not used to our show coming in with a cold opening, um, but I have to address something that I heard on radio this morning. Um, a member of Blaze Media who happened to be at the Jan- at January 6th, um, his name is... Uh, Steve, um, Steve Baker. He works for blaze media. He was there just doing his job. He was just being a journalist. He was not part of the walkthrough that it was. Um, those that's things that we can, we can always address later on. If you guys want us to, to dig deeper into what happened at January 6th, but he was just there to show what was happening. He was just there with a camera and a microphone trying to be a good journalist. It just so happens that for whatever reason, our government decided that he was there reporting from the wrong political side. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in a country that is essentially a banana republic. I don't want to live in a country where if you have the wrong political side, as it were, or reporting from the wrong political side, I consider consider our, our group to be a group of journalists. I mean, how long is it before this happens to any of us? This man was charged with misdemeanors, by the way, misdemeanors, um, which are all bogus. They're all, they're all absolutely bogus. Like one, one of them was trespassing. Um, he's a journalist. Uh, but regardless of that, the be, it being a misdemeanor charges, let's just say that they were legitimate charges. They arraigned him. They put him in an orange jumpsuit. They put shackles on his ankles and paraded him out. How long is it before it's any one of us? I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to keep fighting, whether it's through alternative media journalism or it's through uh, having to go down there and, and, and holding a microphone and a camera wherever the news is happening. How long is it before it's any one of us? How long is it before it's you? Just walking down the street, minding your own business. Oh, you happen to be somewhere. We didn't like it, and we feel like you're on the politi- wrong political side. How long? I know I don't want to live in that kind of country. On to the show. Hello again, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. Think, think, Laura. My, there we go. You got my name on there. <laughs> Laura is uh, in the producing booth this week, um, so she may be a little rusty because she's not normally over there. So give her grace. Show her some love in the comments, uh, because yeah, she does a great job when she is is over there, and I'm so happy that she was willing to do it. Uh, to my left, we have the perfect producer. <laughs> Sterling Metcalf Allen. Hello, hello. 
Thank you for joining us, Sterling. No problem. Uh, I think we got, I think we got names swapped here. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Let's try this again. I think that orange and green maybe. Yeah. yeah. There I am. Yeah. So <laughs> that reset when it crashed. Yeah. So we had a little problem with our, our recording program, but hang with us that it was not Laura's fault. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, once again, show her some love in the, in the comments, let her know that you're, you're on team Laura and not on my team. Uh, <laughs> as, as I, I'm sure that I will be, uh, uh berated for this later. So <laughs> across from him, uh, Laura, if you want to, uh, go ahead and go to the previous name we had there, the softer side of faith, family and politics. Yvonne Metcalf. Hello. Thank you for joining us, Yvonne. <laughs> for those of you not watching on video, you can't see this, but uh, <laughs> whenever uh, Yvonne's name comes across the screen, unfortunately, it's coming across the top of uh, Sterling's head, and he's saying that it's rather heavy. It's, it's a heavy name. It really is. So... Thank you for joining us, Yvonne. Thank you for being on with us and putting up with our shenanigans. My privilege. Thank you for having me. <laughs> bringing the message this week, we've got a very special guest with us, young Mr. Christian Warpel. Good evening, everybody. Glad to be on the show today. I think I think we're going to get your name on the screen at some point. There we go. <laughs> there I am. Yeah, that's you. That's a victory. I think we can call that the show. There. Yeah, we're it's done. okay. We'll, we'll just have all the technical difficulties we can handle, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, thank you once again, Christian, for coming. Um, it's yeah. always a pleasure to, to get to spend time with you. Yeah. Um, and uh, I understand that you have a message for us. Yeah, uh, yes, uh, I sure do. What would the, the title happen to be? Uh, well, the message I want to bring tonight has to do with being persistent in prayer. I'll go ahead and hit that title button over there, Laura. There we go. Persistency nice. in prayer. I like it. Thank you to AI for providing the, the uh, open source photograph for us. Yes. <laughs> um, so if you wouldn't mind leading us in prayer over the message before we hop in. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Lord, we love you. Lord, we're grateful to be able to have the privilege of prayer, not only to pray on our own but to you, but also be able to pray with one another, just to be a family and be able to be of one mind. And, Lord, we just pray that you'll bless uh, the podcast tonight. I pray that your Holy Spirit would uh, give liberty as your word is read and preached, and I pray that it would touch the hearts of all those who are able to listen to it. And I pray with this message and your word would help us to grow and be able to use more effectively in your service. Lord, bless this evening, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, yeah, jump on in. Yes, sir, okay. on to the word. Yeah, amen. Well, there's a few different passages I wanted to look at tonight and uh, that all deal with persistency. Uh, Jesus gave two different parables to his followers. And then we see something that is was not a parable. Oh, yes, Journey. I know I got you. Yes. <laughs> We're see, at the, towards the end, we'll see how, that instead of looking at a parable, 
we will look at a real-life situation to where what Jesus taught actually happened in real life, showing that what Jesus said about being persistent was not just a good lesson. It wasn't something just made up just to tickle people's ears. This was a real this is a real situation, a real thing that helps believers during their walk of life. And today, I want to start out by the first thing that Jesus tells his followers, and it's found in Luke chapter 11 and verses 5 through 13. Um, we have what's known as the disciples' prayer because uh, his disciples asked Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And then he tells them how to pray. And he, he teaches them to teach with persistency. And I'd like to read just a few verses of it. He says this in verse number five, talking to his disciples. He says, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I, and I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And the lesson that Jesus gives here is a man who goes to his friend's house in the middle of the night. And, you know, that's really might be considered rude, you know, to wake up the whole household. Because, you know, people in that day, they didn't have separate bedrooms that we have now. They had one common sleeping place. So, therefore, if someone's banging on the door, it's going to wake up the entire household. Oh, yeah. And he says he has children in bed. And as many of you know, if you have children and they're asleep, don't wake them up. <laughs> it's chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so, They'll but, never go back to sleep. Oh, I know it. <laughs> but... Here this man comes and he knocks on his friend's door in the middle of the night. And so it says because of his importunity, the man goes ahead and gives him the three loaves that he asked for. But he didn't do it because he was his friend. He just did it. said, okay, here you go. You keep asking. You won't quit. I got to get you to be quiet. Here's the loaves. No go. Now that's the lesson. See, that's how we need to approach the Lord in prayer, with dogged persistence. You see, even a man in the middle of the night gets what he wants, as long as he's willing enough to keep asking for it. So therefore, when Jesus says after that, he says, ask, seek, and knock. In the context of persistency and importunity, it means to keep asking, keep seeking. Keep knocking, not just one knock. Don't ask just one time. If you don't get an answer right away, pray about it again and again and again. Persistency. And the second parable that Jesus gives is like this one. 
but it maybe it's presented in a totally different look outlook. And it's found in Luke chapter 18, where Jesus talks about, he gives another parable like he did the first time. And again, talking to his followers. And he presents it this way. This is the reason why he tells his disciples this. He says in Luke 18, verse 1, he spake a parable unto them to this end, that is for this purpose, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And that word faint there is a very important word in this passage. That word faint does not mean to pass out. It means to give up. Keep praying and don't give up. And then he gives them this parable. There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me and mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. So now Jesus applies it. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him? He's saying, Hear this, here's a widow woman who had a legitimate legal case, but the judge took it very lightly, he didn't see it was any issue to invest any time in. But he noticed no matter how much the judge tried to continue on with other cases, this widow woman just kept coming to his door. She kept presenting her case. She says, this is very important. I need you to deal with this matter. And he says, I will not. I will not. I will not. But no matter how many times he said no, she kept coming again and again and the judge finally concluded he says even though i'm my own man i have no regards for i don't care what other people think as far as my job is concerned i will go ahead and deal with her case lest by her continual coming she weary me i'm getting tired of dealing with this situation so he helps her and the lord uses that he says do you hear what this unjust judge say? Will not the Lord do the same thing? He says, if, if non-believers even will eventually yield due to persistency, how much more do your heavenly father provide for his children when they keep coming to him for the needs that they have? You see, it's persistency. It's persistency. There's one more passage I'd like to look at. So far, we've looked at two parables. A parable is simply an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus had given two parables, but are biblical teachings true in reality, in real life? Is this just a good story to listen to? A lot of people look at it that way, but it's actually true. It's very much true. Absolutely. Because uh, there was a passage. It's actually a, it's in Matthew 15. 
where Jesus does not give a parable. But it was recorded of an actual event that took place in his life. There was a woman who had a daughter who was, um, she was being attacked. She was facing demonic attacks, so to speak. Very much oppressed by Satan. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, I need you to, to help my daughter. She's struggling. Now, I want you to notice what Jesus says. Now, keep in mind, this is not a parable. The Bible says, uh, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he, and he, this is Jesus, he answered her not a word. You mean she presented a request to Jesus and he made no response? Isn't that how we sometimes when we pray, we pray, ask the Lord to help us with something and we feel like nothing's going on? Like my oh, yeah. prayer didn't get any higher than the ceiling? <laughs> All the time. That's what he did to her. And he says, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, this he's talking to the woman, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now that's another way of saying no. Hmm. Then came she and worshipped him. See, she didn't turn away. Hmm. She, and saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. He sounds like he's being real rude to her. He's not answering her request. She's, she's seeking the Lord for help. And the Lord would deal with the person that way. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Which another way of saying, you know, this woman was she was of Canaan, she was a Canaanite, otherwise she was a Gentile, not a Jew. And she's and the Jews at that time looked at Gentiles like a bunch of dogs. They didn't want nothing to do with him. And she says, uh, Lord, uh, I may be a Gentile dog, but you're my master and Lord, and so that means I'm your dog. That means I'm your responsibility. You're responsible to take care of my need. So they're going back and forth, fussing, arguing. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You see, when we read that, if you notice, there was about three or four times that this woman continued her case. She said, Lord, help me. And he says, answer not a word. And the disciples even said, send her away. She could have just turned around and says, okay, if that's what you want, it, I'll seek help from another source. But no, she didn't. She kept on to him. She said, Lord, help me. He said, no, no, no. I'm here to minister to the Jews, not, not the Gentile Canaanites right now. He said, oh, no, no, no. You know, going back and forth. Now, it might seem like she's being rude or that Jesus is being rude to her. But that's not really the case. You see, sometimes the Lord will deal with a person purposefully so that way he can produce 
provoke a natural response out of you. Because if you know what he's doing, you'll say what you're supposed to say. You'll say the right answer. That's may not be, you may not believe it in your heart, but you know that's what you're supposed to say. That's the right answer to the question. But if the Lord deals with you in a certain way, if you think he's not going to help you, what's, what's actually in your heart is going to come out. He's provoking a natural response and not a put-on response. And that's why he saw her persistency and got it out of her. That's what he was doing. He wasn't being rude. And that's why he looked at that woman and said, Oh, woman, great is thy faith. He saw the faith in her heart because of her persistency towards seeking him for help. And she got her request answered. Amen. That was not a parable. That was a live historical event. And there's one common thing in each of these three cases, through the two parables, one of the friend who's seeking bread, two, the woman dealing with the unjust judge, and here this Canaanite woman. All three times, did you notice? All three cases, the request was granted. The man got his loaves of bread. The widow woman had her case dealt with by the judge. And this Canaanite woman got her daughter healed. And all three of them were a result of persistency in coming to God with their requests. Hmm. Isn't that wonderful? I've always wondered about that story. Mm -hmm. I really, I have, seriously, in all honesty, I read the Bible a lot and I know a lot about the Bible, but that story has always kind of puzzled me. And I think you gave a very good explanation there. I praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, sometimes we got to realize that it's not, the, the Bible does tell us to pray, but also he's teaching us how we ought to pray. And persistency is the key to answered prayer. And, you know, the Bible, the, a common verse that's quoted about prayer is, you know, Paul says it, pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Now I was we just know, getting ready to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, was, I just didn't pull the trigger fast. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you pray 24-7 nonstop, but it simply means to just keep praying, keep praying about a subject until you get a definite answer from the Lord. And sometimes the Lord will purposefully delay an answer to see where your heart lies. Sometimes for many years. Yeah. As you see, it's like that Canaanite woman. About halfway through, she could have said, all right, never mind. I'm like, I see I'm not going to get no help from you. Turn her back and walked away. And see what would have happened? She would have had less. Her daughter would have never been healed if she would have stopped pursuing, pursuing Jesus. But because she didn't stop, her persistency was unstoppable. We talked about that a little bit actually on Sunday from James. It's talking about um, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Mm -hmm. There's a verse there that uh, our pastor just talked about that. Yes. And so that makes sense with what you said. Absolutely. And I don't know how many times people have struggled with this or pray for something for a period of time. It's like, well, I I prayed about this long enough. Then they stopped praying about it. And the Lord encourages us to don't lose hope because God knows things that we don't. He sees the grand picture. 
So a lot of times we base things. We are, the the reasons that we have for jumping to a conclusion is really based on a lack of knowledge of certain things. But God knows everything. He not only sees your request, but he sees how the answer to your request is going to affect that person over there. It's not just you that that prayer request is going to affect. Right. The Lord sees the whole picture because oftentimes what might be an answer to prayer for us might cause harm in the life of another individual in your present life and somewhere you may help down the road. We don't know that, but God does. That's why we have to trust him with our request. Mm -hmm. But never lose hope or faith that he is not going to provide an answer for us. We need to continue to pray about something. That's good. Amen on that, man. Amen on that. That's the message I brought had tonight. <laughs> uh, being persistent, being persistent. What what I get out of it is, is never give up, right? right. Uh, right. And right. double down. <laughs> right. uh, you know, you don't feel like the Lord's answering your prayer. Just keep going back to Him. Like you said, you know, it's um, I I, I think my dad put it pretty well. He was like, you know, everything that I, you know, he, was, he talked about my brother James and I, he was like, everything I wanted for you boys, like I needed to go to it in prayer. Uh, he had mentioned that he thought that he had, had failed at that, but I, I thought he did a great job personally, but um, even more so now because he does, he does go in, in uh, prayerfully go in and, uh, and, and ask persistently mm -hmm. Uh, for things for not only uh, my my mother and him, but uh, but for James and I as well, and our in our lives, and, and it, to know that that's happening and happening frequently, and that he's he's if he doesn't feel like he's gotten the answer that first time around, that he's going back, that encourages me to then go back and do the same thing for for others as well D doubling down keep going back to the lord until i just till I see the answer on the other side because i know that the answer is coming it's like praying for this little company revolver broadcasting and yep. go to revolverbroadcasting.com by the way um <laughs> but m watching the 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 movers and shakers that we're, we're getting introduced to now like god is answering so many prayers back to back to back to back to back he answered a prayer for us uh, not too long ago, verbatim what we asked for. Yeah. We actually only had to pray it once uh, as a group, um, but I prayed for it many, many times. Mm -hmm. Sterling, you were you were here in the studio when we, we prayed. Uh, we, we, asked, we asked the Lord for a web developer to yeah. set up a website for us. Mm -hmm. And we said, Lord, would you please send us someone uh, who's a web developer that We'll be willing to work for little to no money. <laughs> yeah, hopefully for free if we can if we can ask for that, um, and be willing to to uh, build our website and maintain it for a little little money because we're we're running on a shoestring budget. We want to do your mission, and wouldn't you know it? Um, not not much longer after that, our good friend Crystal Rosati, she's got a guy. <laughs> <laughs> She had a friend named Danielle, who's now our web developer. We do have, we do have the website up, 
And when she, she called me to say before the website, website even gets started, she said, Hey, I have this friend named Danielle. She's a web developer. She, she loves what you guys do. Um, cause we asked for that too. Someone that loved what we did. Um, she has a heart for God. She's willing to build the website and she'll be able to maintain it so that you guys can keep up with it. And I was like, what? What just happened? <laughs> right. So I don't say anything. And she didn't know that. And so it took, it took a couple of weeks before I actually told her why my response was the what response. Cause she wasn't here for the, the group prayer. Yeah. So when I tell her that story, she goes, so that's why you were so quiet. Yeah. I was like, yeah, because you said back to me what we actually prayed for verbatim. Mm-hmm. Every single word. Yeah. And it's one of those things where the persistency in prayer, it just, it paid off, man. Yeah. And I'm seeing it happen on the regular now. It, it, it It's the blessings just keep coming for this little company and, and um, for this show and um, we're reaching people. I mean, people have gotten saved because of this little bitty program, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, one of them happens to be sitting in this studio tonight. She's actually sitting next to my wife over there. Hey. Young Miss Maddie. Okay. She, because, because coming here and, and being exposed to the word and, uh, being around all us, uh, Christian folk. Well, yeah. she decided to, to, to jump on that team and, and, uh, give her heart to the Lord. Woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was, yeah, she was involved in, um, occult like things and, and, uh, previously. And, um, we found out that we heard, heard about, heard about that. And, uh, I, I, I nearly, I nearly cried. I nearly dropped my knees cause I didn't know that this young lady that had been coming to our house had been, um, you know, engaged in that previously. Um, but then we, you know, gave her an encouraging word, uh, Laura and, and I uh, talked with her and, and then, um, as a group, Sarah and Sterling also joined us. We were, we were all just out for a meal afterwards as we often do after the show. And, um, we asked her, you know, Hey, would you like to, to know the Lord? And, you know, and Laura asked the, the, the best question you can ask. If you were to pass away today, do you know where you'd go? Mm-hmm. That was, that was the best question. I think we can, we can ask anybody and yep. we're trying to lead them. But it boils down to and the answer was, well I, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, I can tell you with assurance that if you ask Jesus into your heart and confess your sins, that you're going to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. So Sarah cracked open her Bible, and right there in, in a Denny's parking lot, young Miss Maddie asked Jesus Christ into her heart and confessed her sins. She, she became Christian right there. Amen. Those are the kinds of things that when you're persistent in prayer, just like you said, I mean, it just, you see it and, and it's, it's, it's all I ever asked for. I mean, there was a, a, I can't remember which episode it was on, but I, I talked about, you know, when we did this program, when we started this show, I said, if it was just one. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to know. Like we we could shut down tomorrow, but I we we, we know that at least I think three. at least three, three at least. that are close to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I've been messaged by people. Um, I've been told by people, you know, telling their stories to me that it's it's even more. 
So it's like that impact. Like I said, we could close up to we could close up shop tomorrow, and I'd feel great about what we've accomplished here and what what God has done and answered those prayers and got more people yeah. to come to Him. Yes. And I'm just going to keep praying, man. I'm going to keep praying. Right. <laughs> I'm going to keep praying for more of it because, because man, uh, I'm not, not not too often I'll say the word hallelujah, but, man, it's, that's a hallelujah moment if, yeah, I ever, sure if I ever thought it was one whenever I hear that somebody accepted the Lord. Yes. And uh, I, I actually I told the story last week of, of a young man, which you actually get to hear at, at my, my parents' oh, yeah. church. Yeah. Um, I didn't say his name on the program because I didn't ask um uh, ask his permission to, to to say that publicly, but um, here here on the show. But and um, I think that in that moment when we, when I shared that story, and you'll have to go back and watch last week's episode to to hear that full story. Um, but it uh, it's a it's a rather amazing story. It will um, it will probably grip you. Because it's 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 all about reality and what's what we're what we're really facing what's what's really at stake. Yeah, it's a war. It is a war. Yeah. 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 With that being said, I feel like I've taken up a, quite a bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> you got something to say there, Sterling, on, on this uh, this topic? Uh, persistence prayer. 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 Well, the first thing that came to mind, and it seems to be it's going to be probably relevant topic for quite a while is my dad when he was in the hospital and we prayed 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 and everyone was saying god will move god will heal him you know god will fix the situation it'll be fine it'll be great i recall encouraging you with those same words as well just keep praying he'll be fine he'll be you know and i believed it because i believe that god can do anything and he is the great physician yeah he'll heal him he'll fix him no problem and it's gonna. Not only is it gonna fix him and heal him, and heal our family because our family is uh, torn in just stupid ways. But this will bring us back together. This will be, you know, God's salve on the situation. Not only that, he'll bring like his his uh, I don't know girlfriend. She'll come to to know Jesus and their kids that they have. This is perfect. You know, this is. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. It sucks to go through it, but I see what you're doing. I see you're, you're gonna move in a mighty way. Yeah. And we prayed and it didn't, obviously that outcome didn't happen. He did end up passing away. Um, and, uh, tore the family even more apart. Um, but through all of that, I still was able to, I think, I think this is the key. And this is the thing that I hold on to most. So I was able to witness to my grandfather through it all. He's like, why, you know, why would he take my son? You know, why would, why wouldn't, why wouldn't I die before him? Yeah. So I had to explain in the best way that I could to him how I felt about it because you can't tell someone something just like um, it becomes superficial. It has to be personal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, this is all I can say is my experience. And that's what I told him. And he heard me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he accepted God and we didn't, we didn't pray for uh, salvation or anything like that, but he heard me. You know, and that's what you got to do. You got to plant those seeds. So now thinking yeah. that persistence of prayer is praying for his salvation to keep coming back. And, and because now they're not doing, they're not doing so well. So it's like time is, 
gets less and less and less. So hopefully he will remember, and we will be able to just um, get back in the door and. Yeah, time to revisit the mustard seed and yeah. see see yeah, what's see. grown mm-hmm. from it. I'm hoping I'm really am, but he's 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 angry. You know, he's just so angry, and I understand that anger. We've talked about that how many times. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm hoping he can soft. Or I'm praying to God that he will soften his heart because I think that's the issue. You know, it's kind of like the Pharaoh situation, or many many examples in the Bible. It's like he's just he's just hard. He's just real angry and. He wants uh, a closure or an outcome that he didn't get. So he's, uh, I don't know the word, there's another word for it, but he, he didn't get what he wanted, basically. Mm-hmm. So he's, yeah, you know, I, I can't, you know, it's not. Yeah, prayer, got to keep praying, just praying all the time. I pray every day, uh, not putting myself on any sort of pedestal. I should pray more, absolutely, but yeah, prayer. I'm going to jump around here a little bit. Every Wednesday we have prayer service at Villa. Mm-hmm. And without that, I would say in my life, uh, well, it's helped me. It's helped me tremendously get through my, my thing with my dad and many other situations. Having a group of people, which is not something I normally do. I'm a very introverted person, but having other people pray with you and being able to just be like, here's my life and here's the things that suck and here's the yeah. things I need to work on. It's, it's, it's so unburdening. That's even a word. And like yep, lifting it and it's like you, you feel God move. And it's like, this is what's supposed to be. We're supposed to, um, bear one another's burdens. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's just anyway. Yeah. That's, that's me. Prayer. It works. You just gotta have faith. You just gotta have faith, and the outcome may not be what you, what you want, but you know God's plan will still work. You just have to be able to, like that whole thing, see through God's eyes, kind of thing. To, to, all right, God, you didn't, you didn't answer it the way that I wanted it to. So, what is it you're wanting to get out of this? What am I supposed to do with this? You know, how can I further your gospel and your kingdom? Yeah. Well, and to the point where you're talking about, like the, the looking through, looking at everything through the through God's lens, mm-hmm. yeah. This is all all too often that's what that's that is what we do. We we look at the world through our own eyes and, the, and no no nothing else. And when that, that's what we talked about, like the list and everything, where God goes on the list. Well, yeah, certainly God is first, right? And then and then family, and then mm-hmm. whatever else, uh, friends and whatnot, you know. Somewhere on there is, you know, your, your dog and stuff. <laughs> and it's like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why is why is God on a list? Why why isn't he part of your family? Why isn't he part of your friends? Why isn't he? Because uh, as Mr. Coy Hutcherson had brought on his message, and, and that was the, the uh, one of the things that made this show happen was that ser- sermon he gave uh, so long ago. But... Um, he said that God could be a better husband to my wife than I can. God could be a better brother to my brother than I can. God could be a better friend to my friend than I can. So when we take him out there with us and we're looking at the world through his lens and all the aspects of our lives, whether we're dealing with our faith, if we're dealing with our family, that includes friends and 
just people you've just met. Um, and whether we're dealing with our politics, he should be in all aspects of our life. And that, that will allow us to then pull out and see at least some of that picture and find more joy even in the painful times. That's a different kind of discernment. We talked about that just the other day. Yes, we did. That, needs to come full circle. Yeah, I think that there needs to be another, like a, like a discernment message. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that Crystal kind of started to tackle it the last time she had brought a message, but I, th- I think we need to, to definitely come back to that uh, topic and, and talk a little more about discernment because um, that that is a big part of, it's, it's, like, it's like this. When, when you start looking at everything through God's lens, it's like being coming going from asleep to awake. Mm-hmm. Is, is that yeah. make sense? And now you're aware, and now you now you see the world for what it is, and now you now you can start really really making decisions for the first time in your life once you've once you've seen the the world the way he sees it, and approaching your life in that way in that manner. Mm-hmm. We get we get caught up. Going back to my situation, we get caught up in what's here. Yeah, we can't see what's here. I mean, exactly what everybody has already said. We can't see what the the bigger picture and, is. Exactly. Yeah, and how it affects, and it affects and yeah. the ripples out. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. And how it could harm others, as you said in your message, yeah. or save. Yeah, or save. Or save. Yeah. Absolutely. So I've been praying for our country for a while now, um, and I. It's funny because I have faith for some things to pray and other things I don't have that. Like I'm too, I give up too easily. Mm. But for that, that has just been heavy on my heart. I've just prayed for that. And I believe that, you know, Trump uh, came and God sent him to help us get on a better track. And the people have rejected him, half the people anyway, but half the people have accepted him. So I still feel like there's hope. And I'm still praying for it because I, I just, I love my country. I have yeah. feel so, it, it's so heavy on my heart. Um, so I hold out and, hope too. Along with that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, and when you talk about people's salvation, you know, or getting their life back to God and that kind of thing. I mean, that's just like huge you know friends people that i know that i've talked to that uh, have not accepted him yet it's like you know you go in front of him and say lord please you know whatever you need to do to bring them to you please bring them to you and just and you have to keep praying and sometimes it is hard especially if you wait a long long time like Mm -hmm. you guys did for alan and some other people uh and somebody else in your circle, I can't remember. Well, well Louis, Louis, in my Louis. living room, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, that's really important. You can't give up on that, even. And you have to wait for the answer, I guess. And I hate to even say that, even if the answer was no, but you know, I don't think he's not willing that any should perish. So there's that. But on the other hand, they have a free will. So, you know, it's just, it's not up to you in the end. It's kind of out of your hands, but you, you have to do everything that you can. And he'll bring other stuff in there that he wanted to do 
while you're working in that situation too, I think, and he'll work in other areas that you're not aware of. Maybe he'll get somebody else to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a lot of things. So mm-hmm. I think it's really, prayer is very important. Yeah. And, uh, one thing I've learned in my personal life, and this is, I kind of just learned this recently. Uh, there's something that I've prayed about many times and even asked other people to pray with me on it. And I struggled with it because I always saw like, they would always give me the same answers or and I would think about all this prayer over these years and all the same responses when I asked people about it. And it just bothered me because I just, I just wanted the answer. Yeah. It's like, I'm tired of hearing the same. I've got tired of hearing people like, Oh God knows, you know, it's in God's timing. Mm. Or maybe he's just not ready for you to have it at this time. I got tired of hearing that. I'm like, Oh, yeah. nah, nah. I call that the church <laughs> answer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what it was, uh, this is something that I personally deal with. It's I was, for a long time, uh, I, would, I would say probably for uh, at least seven, eight years, if not longer, that I've been praying about this. Uh, right now I'm single. I have a great desire for a companion to have a wife. And I've struggled with that for a long time. Um, and I prayed about that, asked about the Lord to provide a companion for me. and uh, And it bothered me. Because like, it just wasn't happening. I like hear I'm getting old. I'm 31 right now, and I'm getting older. And uh, and, uh, but what dawned on me was was this: there's some requests that God can't answer right away. There's some of sometimes He has to answer it later in time. Because as I look back on it, when I was praying about that, if the Lord would have given me a good wife at that time. I was not mature enough. My thinking was not right. I was just not ready for that. And if the Lord would have given me that at that time when I was asking for it, I would have hurt her. And the Lord is not going to give me one of his delicate flowers to abuse her or mistreat her in any way. So, but in answer to that prayer, he says, you know, the Lord might have a wife for me. But all throughout these years, he'll put me here, put me in this place here and here in order to mature this area. A couple days later, I'm in a different location. He's going to work on this area, mature this later. That way, when he does give me a wife, he is right, he's currently preparing me, maturing me to that way I'm ready for something like that. So it was like a prayer request answered in progress. But and at mm-hmm. first, I'm mad, but that's based off my own flawed logic my own flawed emotions, my misconception of things. But now I'm seeing it in a little bit better light, and that causes those irritation and upset feelings to kind of fade away. Because when I look back on it, I see what I was compared to now. I'm like, well, the Lord was right to to wait for a period of time. Yeah, he's cultivating you. Yeah. And that's, we can even apply that same concept towards other requests <coughs> as well. Lord knows when we're ready for something when we're not ready even if he has it in his plan for you sometimes it's not a yes or no sometimes it's just wait yep. you'll get it later yep i I agree with that uh, and 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 to piggyback on that a little bit i i know i talked about the show already so we're not going to go <laughs> too far down that, that rabbit hole but for many years i wanted to be a musician mm-hmm. and i thought that that's what god wanted me to go do and I even had chances at it, 
record labels and all this other stuff and, and that those possibilities. But I, I, I noticed that those deals were not right. They just felt it in my gut yeah. and, and knew that, that it was not, I needed to walk away. And I didn't know what the legal ramifications were, but once I got to talk to a lawyer later on down the road, it was like, oh no, you made the right decision on every time, every time that came up. But um, nothing ever actually matured there. And God was continually putting me in all these situations that was setting everything up for this to happen. Uh, I spent 10 years working at a license branch. So that meant I worked, well, I talked with a lot of public that meant I, I, um, I got a chance to really be able to just sit and listen to people. And so I think that that, that gave a lot of preparation for this type of work. Um, and then just being able to, um, assist people, be there for people, and then, uh, and also being be able to mature with him, like my walk with him mm-hmm. that, and I got to meet Sarah and Sterling. It just so happens that I, you know, cause I used to work with Sarah. They moved in two doors down. We didn't know it for a while. And, and then there, you know, there we go. They, they moved in two doors down and then like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. so, something else is the Lord is putting another good Christian couple right here close to us. It had been for a reason. Mm-hmm. Another Lego piece. Yeah, it's just like okay. Well, he, he just keeps revealing all these little uh, those little bless. Well, not little blessings. Massive blessings, really. If you think about it, great blessings. Um, and yeah, it's it's cultivating for something bigger. Mm-hmm. And like in in my professional life, in my day job, I've learned so much, th- so many things that in that um, almost seven years of the company I've been at. Um, that set me up to then run this company. Yeah. And even though we're not in a revenue place, it's been pretty darn successful getting all those souls for the Lord. So I think, I think, uh, you know, I'm right there with you on that. Like God is setting you up for, he's cultivating you. He's, he's, he's putting you, like you said, all the pigs are going into place and what you're requesting, uh, it, it will come and it'll come at the, the right time, you know, that's been said like, Oh, it's God's timing, but it's, it's going to be, uh, not just a woman or just a companion, but the companion for you Mm -hmm. that he handpicked himself to say, this is the person for Christian. Yeah. This is the person that's going to perfectly complement what I've cultivated in Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I truly believe that. Yeah, I hope she feels the same way. She might, <laughs> she might still look at that. Like, oh Lord, no! Oh. <laughs> no it's like, oh. May take some convincing. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> oh yeah, dear, that's, that's funny. <laughs> I always go back to the you have was it you have not because you ask not thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Definitely do not give up on that prayer. Right. Um, I was praying the opposite. Yeah. Oh really? Yep. I like to, to not. Yep, I, I never, never, never thought I would be in a relationship just for the mere. Well, I use my parents as an example. They were in and out of relationships all the time. I was like, I don't want that. So I, I don't. Please don't put anyone in my life for that. But you know, yeah, he has his plans always. Scan. Yeah. There you go. All right. <laughs> I guess we're doing this now. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> 
Yeah, then gave you gave you a partner for life. You sure did. You <laughs> sure did. Great partner. And a beautiful daughter. Yeah. I've been trading for the world. And, and there's there's another thing. Sometimes he gives you what you, you weren't looking for and you didn't know that you were actually looking for it the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So that's and to watch that that this this young family, you know, to to watch them blossom more and more in their walk and with the Lord and as, as a group, as, as a team, you don't, you know, you don't get to always see that. So, you know, see some families that come and go in, in church and they don't, they don't cultivate each other. That's a family that all, they all hold each other up and, 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 and account for each other. And it's, I just want to say it's wonderful to see from the outside looking in. And, um, um, I, I I'm, I'm so proud that I get to be, uh, friends with you and your family because of that. Uh, Laura, what, what are we doing on time? I just want to. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's, that's a pretty good time. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've been having a pretty good time. I think we've been pretty persistent with our time. Yeah. Uh, persistent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Persistent <laughs> in our conversation for yeah. sure. Let's persist on through for our last segment here. <laughs> Is that your persistent segue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know who else was per- pretty persistent? Uh, it, was, uh, it was Hunter Biden. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, pretty persistent and being defiant, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, so our, our first story of the night comes from the post-millennial. Hunter Biden uh, deposition transcript released. Ooh. On Thursday, the House Oversight Committee released the transcript of Hunter Biden's closed-door uh, deposition that took place on Tuesday. Now, for those of you who don't know, Hunter Biden is uh, Joe Biden's son. Joe Biden is the former vice president and currently pretending to be the president. Um, the Tuesday deposition came around two months after the Biden uh, son defied a congressional subpoena to appear for a closed-door deposition, which I called on this show before it happened, before he did it. I, kn- I knew he was going to skip it. Um, just like uh, just like uh, he thought he was Ferris Bueller or something. Instead, uh, instead of delivering a, a speech uh, from the Capitol lawn, his appearance on Tuesday comes as part of the uh, House's impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden over the involvement in his family's uh, overseas business deals. Hunter Biden was asked about the instances uh, where he would put his father on speakerphone while Hunter Biden was at a was at business meetings. To which he replied, "I am certain my dad has called me." Hmm. He said, my dad calls me like I'm sure a lot of your parents uh, do or a lot of you do with your children. And if I'm with people that are friends of mine, I'll have him say hi. He testified. That's fair enough, I would think. But then, but you're in business meetings, so I don't know that I would have my parents say hi to anyone in a business meeting, honestly. Uh, I'm surprised my dad hasn't called me right now, he says. Uh, And if he did, I would put him on speakerphone to say hi to you and to Congress, uh, Congressman Raskin and everybody else in the room. He said it's, uh, it's nothing nefarious, real, literally. Um, I think we said this, I think I said this in, the, in a story that we had last week, uh, the, the, the fellow does protest too much. <laughs> um, he later added that if, if my dad calls me and I'm in the middle of something, like a congressional hearing, um, I, I either get, get up from the table or I answer the phone at the table if it's uh, uh, with people that I have a long-term relationship with. And then you've got the backstory on that with all the money hitting his bank account the next day. I mean, you yep. got to look at the whole picture for that, right? Yep. 
get get that pull back and look at look at it through the, through the macro lens. Uh, Hunter Biden was also asked about business lunches where his father was said to have been in attendance. Why do you think that might be? Uh, to which Hunter Biden responded, would you call it involvement if my dad was in New York City at the same time I was in New York City and I was having lunch with some of my business associates and I said, hey, dad, come by for lunch. Uh, I, I, it's, it's riding the fence of unprofessional, uh, especially if they're not, you know, like it's not your regular day job, which we know the Bidens have never had a regular day job. Not a single one of them knows uh, what a actual job uh, entails. Anyway, he said, uh, who wouldn't do that? Nobody Hunter, nobody. Um, he says, are you saying that you, you wouldn't do that with your father if he was in town at the, at the same time? Uh, Hunter Biden was uh, also asked about his business dealings with the CCP linked Chinese energy company, CEFC which he said he began working with in the spring of 2017 and admitted that he received money from uh, working with the company. He testified that his father was not involved. He said, I received money from a Chinese company. I don't know the exact amount. You don't know the exact amount. You received money and you don't know the amount. That's not likely. But I know that it was all completely legal. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly ethical. You don't know how much, and you're <laughs> sure it was completely legal. <laughs> okay. Just listen to that, right? Just listen to those words. And 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 he had to reassure them. I think he was, uh, who was he trying to convince? He said it was completely ethical. Uh, he said, I, and, and no, I do no, know this. Wink, wink. <laughs> is, is, that, uh, is that my father never received any money? Uh, or, or any benefit from any businesses that I've ever done. He said, my father never benefited from my business. My father never made uh, any uh, decisions as it related to my business to, uh, to, to benefit me. My father uh, was never financially nor any other way of benefit from my uh, business. And the, the business uh, that you're talking about now wasn't even when he was in office. Uh, Hunter Biden also asked, uh, about the infamous line from it was an more email than 50 years ago by a Hunter Biden ex business <laughs> <laughs> associate in which quote 10 held by H for the big guy was referenced. Hunter Biden testified that he was quote, never called uh, his never called his father, the big guy adding. I truly don't know what the, what James was talking about. Come on, guys. Come on. This is the president's son. Not curious about it either. The big guy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Who, who's who's being referenced here in my email? I have no idea, but I know it's not my dad. Okay, so if I was in Wasted New York, right, eating with business partners, if I knew that this would be the nefarious me, if I knew that my father had some sort of either political power or some something that I could use to my advantage with my business partners, I would invite my dad, but that would be nefarious. So I wouldn't, I don't, it's a little sketchy. I, would say I don't think sketchy. you can play it off as naive or anything yeah, like that or a mistake or, or, you know, I don't in, think you can play it off that right? way. I mean, it has to be intention, motive even like, okay, but why? I think you're right. I think it does boil down to intention. I mean, 
It just it just doesn't seem likely that he's just like, hey, Dad, you happen to be the vice president of the United States. Why don't you come on down here? Is it, it's, that's what he, it's like uh, a power yeah. play kind yeah. of thing. That's what it sounds like to me. That's my opinion. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he said, oh, well, he wasn't Nailed even in it. office. Yeah. But it's like, well, well, when was it? When he was a senator? When he was vice president? Or now that he's president? Because he's always been in office. That's the only job he's ever held. So he had to have been in office. So that's perjury right there. Right, definitely, yeah. It's perjury right yeah. there. That's what I was thinking when you said that. And, and and being as it was 2017, oh, well, that meant that he was senator once again, right? So... Um. Wow, I have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I mean, we just deferred back to his previous job and, and, and gave uh, gave Trump a hard time. Um, but even even with that, he still did have plenty of sway after 40-plus years in office. Absolutely. At that point, you've got your hands. You would potentially well have your connected. hand in, in a lot of things, yeah. 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 Exactly. Networking is not exactly something you have to go do. You can just call, right? Right. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I need this. I used to be vice president of the United yeah. States. Yeah. Yep. It's just not a whole lot of guesswork there as to as to how that would play out if you're with heavy hitters in, in New York City and their business dealings and what why they might see an opportunity to have someone of that caliber at their meeting. Of that. A different kind of persistence. <laughs> it is a very different kind of persistence. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Uh, that leads you down the wrong way, doesn't it? And it ends in destruction, like it says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can't just keep doing that. It, and the, the fact that he pretends to be blind to it, that's that's the real kicker. It's not, it's not, it's not even that, it's not so much that he's even lying, because that's that's bad enough. But that he's going as far as to say, not only uh, did this not happen, but I don't—I didn't know anything about it. You know the possibility. You know how could it? It was just an innocent thing that I just had happened to be in the same town. Yeah, he really—he really overdid his story. You know, the like fella, a, like like a little kid or something. You know, mm. <laughs> I. Whatever the story might be, I can't think of anything right now. Right? Yeah, a little. (laughs) It's so much bigger, you know. More involved than you believe. (laughs) My hands, but now it's behind me. Yeah, Yeah. the the kid with chocolate all over their face saying, "No, I didn't get any ice cream." (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Crumbs everywhere. No, I did not eat the cookies. (laughs) (laughs) The dog did it. We don't have a dog. (laughs) Yeah, the turkey did it, and they do have turkeys. I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. During Thanksgiving, he, two consecutive years, he named those turkeys after ice cream. Yep. I don't know why Joe Biden decided to do that. Um, it's his favorite thing. <laughs> One of them. Yeah, in, uh, somebody in the media that, that is a real turkey, uh, her name is Rachel Maddow, and she leads us into our second story of the night. It's coming from the Daily Fetched. I know that the name of that news organization may not fetch your fancy, but you know, uh, we happen to like them. They, they, they write pretty good stories. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the sound effects. That's one I haven't heard of. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) Uh, Rachel Maddow says that Supreme court is quote, trying to help Trump. 
uh, MSNBC anchor Rachel Maddow absurdly claimed that Supreme Court uh, that the Supreme Court taking the case to decide whether former President Donald Trump is immune from prosecution was an attempt to help him. During Wednesday's edition of, quote, All In, that's the name of her show, Maddow said, uh, the, the, the cravenness of the court is evident in what they are doing with the pacing here. Uh, you know, putting this off for seven weeks and sitting on it for two weeks for no reason obviously pushing all the cases that they, they can push to a point where Trump will be standing for election before any uh, of us have heard the verdicts in any of those cases. Got it. It is the timing. It is the idea that the immunity thing is an open question. She said, is presidential immunity an open and open question. What is the most uh, famous pardon in American history? Gerald Ford for pardoning Richard Nixon was uh, once he was resigned and and a former president. Uh, why did Gerald Ford pardon him? A result occurring before he uh, his resignation as president of uh, of the meeting as a result of stuff he did while president. Quote Richard uh, Richard Nixon had uh, has become liable to, po- to to possible indictment in trial and whether or not he shall be prosecuted depends on findings of the appropriate grand jury and discussion of author of the authorized prosecutor. Um, the idea that this is an open question and it might be that a former president can never be tried for something they, uh, that he did because he was president when he did it. Uh, he, he did what, what he did is, uh, has been disproven by a, plain reading of American history and the whole life justification for Richard Nixon being pardoned in the first place. So she's saying that Watergate was just so horrible, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and that what Trump supposedly did, allegedly did, not been convicted of, is just as equally as awful, if not worse. She says that the the idea that it has been taken up uh, is them saying that the sky is green. Uh, well, Miss Maddow, the nicest way I can put it is that you're delusional. Right. She's the one saying the sky is green. (laughs) And she really, it is sort of like Nixon, but they did it to Trump. Trump didn't do that to anyone. They spied on his campaign. They spied on his people. And it wasn't just a tape recorder in the office. And it wasn't just one time. You know, so it's like, like Watergate times times a lot, a lot, because Richard Nixon didn't even know that uh, that uh, the recordings happened until after the fact. And that's what happened with with Nixon. He he once he found out, then he tried to like that's what got him in trouble. Was that he tried to just push it under the rug? Oh no, they'll they're going to think that I uh, made them do this. Mm-hmm. So he tried to put it under the rug. Right, so the cover-up was worse than the actual yeah. event. So if he had been just transparent from, from Jump Street, then he probably would have stayed president because he was extremely popular, mm-hmm. extremely popular. Uh, I mean, if you look at the map, when, when, when he won, pres- won his presidency, uh, it, it was more than Reagan, I think, uh, or, 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 or somewhere close to it. I mean, he, he won a, a major majority of the country. He was very beloved very beloved mm-hmm. so uh the, the the picture that's painted of nixon is is not 
the reality that we get that that people think think of when they think of Nixon because right, they all they the see only- is I'm not a crook. I'm not. That's all they think of because they don't know the the actual history, mm-hmm. what it really happened. And if you can go back, if I if we can touch on it just for just a minute, um, and watch um, the those old uh, debates mm-hmm. between like him and JFK. I mean, the civility between the two. Mm-hmm. That's why both candidates were beloved because they loved this country and the people knew it and they wanted to vote for someone who, who loved this country. So that, 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 that negated Watergate in, in, in my mind. Right. If, and if we could go back somehow and undo the propaganda of the media at that time, you, you, you probably would have had a, uh, uh, Richard Nixon as president for much longer. Um, that being said, fast forwarding to, Trump's situation, the idea that the Supreme Court is taking this on is because of what was said on the date of January 6th. They're right. saying, and the things that he said as well, even on that day, they went over it and they went over the tape. And he said, let's go peacefully and patriotically and protest at the Capitol. I mean, how, what, where yeah. do you he get said, he said, go to the Capitol. from that? He said, I would encourage you to go to the Capitol and peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Make your voices heard. That was it. That's it. He didn't say go shoot it up. He didn't, he didn't say, say go, go smash overthrow. windows. He didn't say go overthrow the government. He said nothing about that. In fact, he specifically said peacefully. Yeah. And well, in, in, in his previous sentence, he said three words that politicians say all the time. They're calling, they call them throwaway words, but it actually it's a, it's a tradition for politicians in this country to say, and it goes all the way back to George Washington, our very first president, fight like hell. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean that, and it, it, the, the meaning on that is not, yeah, it, it's not metaphorical. what they're trying to portray it to be. It's metaphorical. Right? It's it meant is. for you to uh-huh. be persistent. Be yeah. persistent. Exactly. There we and, go. And, and, and not, not to back down to, as a matter of fact, to, to even double down and keep going for what you know is right. And the fact that the Supreme Court is considering this, personally, I find that it's a, it's a very good thing that they're considering this because people, these of uh, these states, these lower courts that have no power are, are out there going, Hey, we're just going to take Trump right off the ballot. They don't have the power to do so, but they're doing it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Illinois has tried it here oh. just recently again, I think. And yeah, these, I don't these, know who else, Michigan, something's going on in Michigan. I read something about that today. Little county court judges that are going, you just unilaterally saying, oh, well, they'll just, they'll just be off the ballot. What? Right. How could you decide that? You don't have, you're you not a federal judge. Authority. Yeah. But it's still being allowed. Right. And then the, the timing of it, it's probably going to be the end of April by the time that this sees the Supreme Court. Yes, that is right before Indiana goes into their their voting booth for for the primary here, but I really don't see how that necessarily impacts the general election. I don't see how that I don't see how that timing affects really anything at all. Uh, so True. I think that her point is moot. Yeah, she's definitely a sky is green kind of person. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I mean there's. Just for them to say one thing, that whole Saul Alinsky thing, you know, accuse your opponent of what you were doing yourself. She's done it so many times, and this is just probably another example of that. 
trying to say that Trump did something that he did not do. Yeah. What? And trying to say the Supreme Court is doing something they're not doing. You you can take that to any anything that she says almost. Yeah, what and uh she's she's sore because there happens to be um people on on the Supreme Court a majority that are only seen with one label on them for for some people as just being straight up down conservative. Why? Because they believe in the Constitution, because they believe in the founding documents that this country was uh, started with. I I don't see how that right. is and anything so, other than playing it straight up the middle. Exactly. Yeah, you have to. We're under a law here. It's called the Constitution. And, you know, regardless of who the defendant is, then you're going to look at the law itself and say, this is what the law says. And wherever it falls, it falls. And it just so happens with Trump, it's going to fall in his favor because he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, and all they got to do is go back and look at the transcripts because they, if they if they actually watch the speech in full, as opposed to the clips that have been played continuously, I'm sure uh, in, in uh, Rachel Maddow's home for herself, for her own gratification, uh, because she likes the, the, the sky to fall, uh, chicken little that she is. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that they'll actually see once the all of the evidence has been presented that, that that there was no wrongdoing that he was just giving a speech and it was about as benign as any speech could get because there was a matter of fact there were people that um, had post January six interviews that were there and they said actually amongst Trump's speeches this was this one was kind of boring very mild yeah yeah <laughs> he wasn't up there making fun of anybody he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't saying anybody's nicknames you know right <laughs> uh, he wasn't telling old stories and, he was just you know we, we residential could, really yeah the general the whole january 6th thing i i do hope that we delve into that a little bit further because the whole thing is definitely misportrayed overall but that's another story for another time so well and since we're on the topic of Trump, um, it would also take us right into our final story of the night. Um, I chose to pull this from the Texas Tribune because this is where uh, the action happened this week. Because uh, in two, uh, the, the title of the, the, the story is, In two Texas border towns, Biden and Trump push for different immigration approaches. Uh, President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump visited two different Texas border cities on uh, on Thursday in dueling trips that put immigration squarely at the center of the uh, near uh, certain rematch in this year's presidential election. The visits came on the heels of a bipartisan immigration bill falling in the U.S. Senate after Trump told Republicans not to vote for it, in part so that he could campaign on the issue. The bill proposed overhauling the nation's uh, uh asylum system to provide quicker answers to migrants and allow presidents to order immediate uh, deportation of migrants at the border when immigration agents get overwhelmed. You know that that power was always in the president's hands. It um, was. That's the, I think that's the one they're referring to, that they can let 5,000 people over a day, and then that's too much. But, <laughs> oh, no, those first 5,000, they're fine. And that's not what the law is now. They're 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 trying to change the law, oh. still in their favor. I'm sure that there'll be earmarks added to that um, as it comes, because that's that's uh, earmarks, uh, Christian. If you're not familiar with it, when they when they when they try to write a bill, um, 
um, are are things that they add after the fact, just before it's actually voted on. Um, and then uh, they try to sneak in extra little... Um, For their own pet projects. Yeah, uh, extra little things agenda. that are going to get funded uh, during that vote um, that have nothing to do with the, the original uh, source material. It happens all the time. The left and the right does, does this, yeah. uh, um, whether they're conservative or, or, or liberal. Um, and it, it's, it's very corrupt. Yeah. Um, and I, that, that should actually be the law is no earmark, ear, earmarks on, on bills. <laughs> it should be like, whatever the bill is, is what the bill is. I think someone um, tried to pass that, but it hasn't gone through yet. So, yeah. Um, and, and actually that, that has, <laughs> it's not even a, uni, uh, uniparty type of thing. It's not a, it's not a bipartisan type of thing. Uh, and, and the, in the sense that it's, um, um, nefarious to, to, to reuse that word, but, um, that, <laughs> but that, that it is actually, uh, the people who are looking to, to, to move the country forward, uh, in that, in that particular aspect, there, there are people that are Democrats and Republicans alike that really say, Hey, this, this should be the, even people that you wouldn't expect mm-hmm. people that you wouldn't expect are on board with, with that particular, um, I think, but anyway, that this is uh, Biden didn't announce any new immigration policy in Brownsville on Thursday, but made a push for Congress to approve the bipartisan immigration bill. Uh, he was uh, he was accompanied by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, uh, Alejandro, Alejandro Mayorkas. I think it's the devil in that man that uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. That's hard for me to say his name. Um, U.S. Representative Vincente Gonzalez, uh, uh, Democrat. Uh, uh, from McAllen and, and Brownsville Mayor John Cohen. Uh, the majority of Democrats and Republicans in both houses support this legislation, Biden said uh, during a speech at the U.S. Customs Border Protection Station. He said, "Until we ca- uh, came along and said, uh, 'Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. That'll benefit the incumbent.' That's uh, uh, a uh, expletive deleted word uh, of a way." to do business in America for such a serious problem. Uh, meanwhile, in Eagle Pass, Trump, who was joined by Governor Greg Abbott uh, at, at Shelby Park, reportedly criticized Biden's handling uh, of immigration, saying that the United States is being overrun by the Biden migrant crime. It's, it's a, Trump specifically mentioned uh, Lake and Riley, a 22-year-old Augusta University nursing student, whose body was sadly found in, in Georgia last week. Uh, Riley's death was uh, thrust into the national spotlight when police disclosed that the man charged with the killing was a Venezuelan immigrant who came over illegally, by the way. And Trump suggested uh, the Biden administration was culpable. The Marshall Project reported that uh, there has not been an increase in reported crime in cities where migrants have moved to. Trump also praised... Abbott's uh, deployment of uh, concertina, I don't know if I'm saying that that word correctly, concertina wire, along the Rio Grande and efforts to arrest migrants who cross the border illegally. Uh, Trump said, he really stepped up. It's been amazing. Uh, So two very different approaches, yes. Um, it says the two candidates' uh, visits came the same day a federal judge blocked a new state law that sought to uh, allow Texas police to arrest people suspected of crossing the border illegally and judges uh, to order them to return to Mexico. Uh, 
it sounds a lot like um, the stay in Mexico uh, order that uh, Trump had put into place before he left office. Well, I think they're just uh, locally trying to uphold the law that's being broken federal federally right now. Because yes. it is already illegal to cross into the country the way they're coming in. But they're not upholding that, so they're going to make it a Texas law and say, well, it may not federally be prosecuted, but in the state of Texas, we will prosecute for this if they can pass it. But yeah, well, and, and I think that it's fantastic. Or if that it can be, up. yeah, if it can be upheld in the court, like they may have to appeal it again. I don't know. Well, because they still have their states' rights, right? Uh, Texas, Texas is. Um, um, because it did pass, that's why it went. That's why it went to the appeals court, and then they've turned it down, right? Yeah, but uh, Texas uh, is a is a unique case because of their location, right? Um, because the the people that that are coming over their border, we're not talking about people from Mexico. Majority majority of those folks that are coming from Mexico, I can tell you, from most of my experience they're coming here the right way. They're coming here through the port of entry. They're, they're working either, either through a work visa or they've got their, you know, working towards a green card they're doing it all the right way from, from the majority of the people that I've met and, and known. And um, I, I saw some statistics on that. I think it was yesterday. And a lot of them are um, like Trump has said, they're releasing their insane asylums and that kind of people here. And then we have terrorists coming here on the terrorist watch list. And we have Chinese young men from 18 to 26 years old. Military age. Yep. Mm-hmm. Military fighting age. And it's men. Right. Uh, uh, from Afghanistan, from Syria, from places, you know, that we, that are not friends of ours. Yeah. Pe- people that don't like us very much. Why do, why do they want to come to America? For the opportunity? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not, not if they've been been raised to hate, unfortunately. I mean, let, you know, there might be the, the select few that go, oh, wow, look at this. this is actually pretty nice. But <laughs> but if they're on a mission, if they, if, they, they, if they have full belief in whatever they've been brought up in and, and taught. Um, they would have no reason. We're looking at a bad situation, mm-hmm. a real bad situation. Uh, and unfortunately for, for Miss Riley there, um, we had. And that's just, yeah, that's yeah, just, just one instance. Mm-hmm. One instance. It's it's really sad to see. You don't you don't want to uh, have to know that our country, or poor little Eagle Pass, for that matter. That that little town. I mean, how how many people just w- come walking through their, through their yards uh, and 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 just tearing everything up and um, camp camping out everywhere and um, just 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 Throwing destroying trash and just destroying dead bodies and I mean, can you imagine? You live down there and you've got to go through your property every day and see if there's trash or dead bodies laying around on your property. Imagine being the 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 police that has to go through and, and And then you call the police and then the police has to deal with it. Yes, of course. It's just, no wonder they say they're overwhelmed everything. And then, you know, if anybody needs to go to the hospital and anybody trying to go to school you know, all of it is just overrun. That's why the Democrat mayors down there are saying, ha, ah, that's enough. Even yeah. the Democrats down there, most of them, for the most part. Well, they, they talk out both sides of their mouth, too. I mean, because they, they, they decided that, that in these sanctuary cities that they, uh, like New York, um, 
they were like, oh, well, we'll house them. We'll. Uh, I'm saying specifically in Texas, but you're yeah. right. Yeah. New York, he's changed his stance quite a bit since this started. He, he's, he's, he's moved quite a bit, but he had to. He was forced. He, he forced. He ended up forcing himself to through his own ignorance. I'm not, not saying stupidity because I don't, I really don't feel like he knew better. I really feel like he did just, he, he thought he was, I, I thought, I think it place came, came from a place of empathy and he was thinking, Oh, if I just, if we just keep handing out, uh, what they don't realize is that they're, they're doing way more harm than good. They're, uh, putting them up in these hotels and they're, they're giving them all this free, uh, places to stay places to, uh, to eat, giving them, uh, money, uh, well, meanwhile, immigrants that are coming here legally, they're doing it the right way. They're working hard. They're working their tails off trying to get their little mom and pop shop going, trying to be a little, uh, uh, just any, any remnants of, a, of a, an entrepreneur in this country and they can get nowhere because everything's been given to somebody else who didn't and follow the I, law. I have one other question. What happens when the money runs out and then they can't get their free stuff anymore? And you've got millions of people with nothing, with no free stuff. Then what? It it'd be like just like when uh, the the Romans overtook a people and they they split them up and then they gave one half of food and one half not. And then after a while, when all the food ran out, they all fought each other over it. And they're supposed to. And so you're gonna actually you're actually gonna find that they're they're gonna the crime rates gonna go up a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, and. And not not even to, to to necessarily mention it too much because uh, it gets me a little bit hot to be, to be honest, and that's uh, and, and angry um, because I know that the the children that they're pulling uh, over the border with them are not their children most times most cases uh, they're not anchor babies they're not someone that they're just trying to get citizenship for because they're a kid no uh, it's not it's not because these kids are coming over with addresses and phone numbers written on their arms. Mm-hmm. I watched. I watched a hearing where they said that where the where border patrol said, oh, they, you know they're coming over the border with with addresses and phone numbers on on and their the arms. Infamous wristbands, according to what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so they say, oh, well, what do you do with that information? Oh, well, we call the number. Well, do you know? Can you verify that these are good places where they're going? I would say not likely. That's what that's what that was the answer. It was it was basically saying I know I'm sending them to their doom, but I can't do anything about it. It's a it's a humanitarian crisis, and he, and again they're doing it in the name of being compassionate, but they're actually doing the opposite. Yeah, they want to call you a racist for looking out for the little children. Yeah. Yep. Call, call me what you will. You can call me any name you want. I've been called it. I've been called racist. I've been called transphobic. I've been called Islamophobic. I've been called. I've been called all that. I, I'll take your names. You can call, you can say all the isms you want. Throw throw it all at me. I don't care because the, uh, it, it, what I'm going to concern myself with always and forever is going to be that widow and that orphan. And when those kids are involved, buddy, you better believe if there's something I can do about it, I'm going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to step up for the children. Yeah. Uh, I digress. I don't want to get too far because I'm like, <laughs> you can see that I'm. Oh yeah, it's, it's <laughs> I'm I'm on the verge of using language we can't use on this show. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's that bad. Yeah. Yes. It just. Uh, yeah. I, There's you. Yeah. 
with that being said, um, if there's anything else uh, anybody wants to to, to add uh, before we go into closing prayer. All right. Would you mind leading us in closing prayer, Christian? Yeah. Yeah, let's close in a word of prayer. Yes, Journey. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> let's pray. Lord, we're grateful to be able to have the freedom that we have in this country to be able to uh, worship you uh, openly and to be able to, to verbalize things that we know that aren't going right in our country. Lord, we know that you're the answer to all these things. And we just pray that you would uh, help us to be persistent as we continue to pray for our country and our nation and the people that are all involved in it. Lord, help us. I pray you just help us to make America great again, as Trump says, and help us to get back to biblical principles and do things in a way that you would have them done. Because we know if we do that, that it'll work out for the best for not just a select few, but for all people. And, Lord, I want to thank you for this uh, podcast ministry and the stories that have been shared. It, it's, it's opening eyes that this that your hand of blessing is on this ministry because it's having an effect on many people. Lord, I pray that you continue to keep this program going and just continue to bless it in a mighty way and lead people to this program who you know that it would uh, have a great impact on their life. And we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That was the very special guest that brought the message tonight, young Mr. Christian Warpel. Ah, look at that. She got your name up there pretty quick this time. Good. <laughs> good job, Laura. <laughs> She's giving me the, the look of disdain. <laughs> uh, next to him, we have uh, the softer side of faith, family, and politics, Yvonne Metcalf. Also known as Sterling, apparently. <laughs> Remember, the names were reversed. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll announce across from her. <laughs> you know him, you love him. <laughs> Sterling Metcalf Allen. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Josh. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you all for being here. Uh, thank you for making this uh, a wonderful episode. I think there's, there's going to be a lot of people out there that's going to get quite a bit out of it. Um, I think they're going to get to hear plenty of Journey as well because she's uh, she's been very vocal. Uh, she's got her opinions. She's yeah. persistent. <laughs> very right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have a good opinionated German Shepherd in the mix, in the mix right? You know? um, and uh, something I know that Journey would probably be awful passionate about us. She'd be appreciative of is if you guys go to revolverbroadcasting.com, make sure that, uh, you know, you're, you're subscribed to all of our shows, uh, liking, sharing, commenting, uh, you know, sharing is caring. It's a pink button. <laughs> we had, we had a, a double sparkle this week. <laughs> <laughs> So make sure that you're commenting. Like I said, you know, make sure that you're sharing. Make sure that you're get you hit that notification bell so you know exactly when our next episodes will be coming out of all of our shows. We got a new show coming out 
this coming week, uh, our good friend Crystal Rosati, the agenda with Crystal Rosati. She's got a guy. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. You guys, I know that you've been excited. I, I've been, we've been getting a lot of uh, fan mail about that. That she hasn't, even, she hasn't even put out the first episode. People are already so excited. So it's yeah. great to see uh, all the enthusiasm. We love you guys. Uh, I've been your host, Joshua Cummins, reminding you to stay in trouble. Sometime my name will go up there. <laughs> I'm trying to keep talking so that you have time. <laughs> There's my name on the screen, as well as Christians. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Maybe. <laughs>